0: This is Stephen Adams and this is Kevin. Dr- oh, sorry, <laughs> Kevin Durant. <laughs> you're Kevin Durant, mate. <laughs> Good to see you, mate. Different complexion. <laughs> okay, let's go. So,
1: this is Stephen Adams and this is Anna Cantor. You're listening or... to the Down to Earth, Down to
0: Dunk podcast. What? Down to, down to Dunk. Down to Dunk. I'll down say that. Dunk. Introduce yourself, mate. <laughs> Here's Stephen Adams and I'm Anna canter and you're listening to Down to Dunk podcast. Stay tuned.
1: Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host Andrew Schleck. We are a part of DailyThunder.com and also Almighty Baller Radio. Listen to us on Dash Radio on Saturday afternoons. With me, my good friend John Ham. John Ham, how are you?
0: It is cold and dreary, and also the weather is not very nice today. <laughs>
1: That's right. Uh, the Thunder season <laughs> is over. It's in the books. It's done. I think largely, if you're a Thunder fan, you should look at it as a success. This is year one of a rebuild around Russell Westbrook in which they had no uh, really time to prepare for it, and they're throwing together stuff on the fly, and they're trying to put together an offense, but really, it all comes down to this is a spectacular season for Russell Westbrook, and the rest of the team was good in spots, but struggled as well without him, and the, the stats that I think that this summarizes the Rockets Thunder series the best. Sam Amick put this tweet out and it was in his article. Okay see with Russ in for the series were a plus fifteen. Without Russ they were a minus fifty eight. <laughs> with yeah. with Houston with James Harden in the game, a plus nineteen with Harden out of the game, a plus twenty
0: four. That's it. Like that's yep.
1: that's the game. <laughs> that's that's all of it.
0: And look, the Thunder had a few a few breaks in this series. Look, James Harden was not 100%, especially those last two games. Right. Um, you know, the Rockets shot I mean like mortal from from NBA 3-point range. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a few gifts that the Thunder had, but I mean they just couldn't capitalize on them. Um if you want to, you know, if you want to get upset about it, okay. But <laughs> I, I think I forgot when we started talking about this, but I've talked about it here and probably elsewhere. Um, look, making the playoffs—you know, met expectations, maybe even exceeded expectations in some people's eyes. Um, making it to round two would have far exceeded expectations.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, for any six seed to beat a three seed, I mean, that's, it's an, it's unusual for that to happen unless like right. they're within like a game of each other. But the Rockets and Thunder weren't within a game of each other. And the Rockets. I mean, it's just the bench. Like it just comes down to can which yeah. team can stay afloat with their star out because they were very close, and the Thunder even were better than the Rockets. The Thunder were one decent backup point guard away from winning that series, in my opinion. If they just had you know, a decent yeah. backup, they could they could have done it.
0: I think that, or just another shot creator. Um, sure. It, and maybe that could have been a point guard. Maybe we need, you know, maybe the Thunder needed more out of Victor Oladipo. Maybe there needed to be some, you know, backup swingman, you know, that that could actually like create his own shot or mm-hmm. initiate some offense. But yeah, I mean, I think that was the big issue: is that Russ checked out, and you know, it, it was they might as well have just had one player out there at that point.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I mean, and there's some good things to take from this playoff. Run. I mean, Russell Westbrook was an absolute monster. I think that we saw some things out of some role players going forward that you're like, oh, well, this player's going to be very useful. Doug McDermott is going to be very useful mm-hmm. going forward. Uh, he shot mm-hmm. the ball extremely well. I feel like he should have really even gotten more opportunity than he did. I think the whole Kyle Singler thing in the first couple games was just a little bit absurd. Um, mm-hmm. But he shot 53% from three. He's 7 for 13, small sample size, of course. Uh, Andre Robertson. I hate that the fourteen percent from pre- the free throw line is what people are going to remember from this series because oh, it know. was the biggest talking point. But the guy was literally the second best player on the team and doesn't deserve this. He had seventeen blocks in the playoffs, twelve steals, yeah. nine assists, thirty-one total boards. Uh, he was the second. He had the second highest total points on the whole squad. And he shot forty one percent from three. He had he hit seven of seventeen. I mean the guy was incredible.
0: And, and to to tack yeah, on to that, if you know, if you if people actually watched the game and not just hit the box score, mm-hmm. he was the only one outside of Russell Westbrook that I felt like was giving his all. Yeah. Other guys looked I thought last night looked kind of lethargic. I don't know if they were if they were tired or they were kind of checked out. You could not fault Andre Robertson. he was busting his rear end just like Russ that entire game.
1: Yep, he was. And then you look up, and I, I think Todd Gibson uh, wasn't used properly. I think that he I agree. he did not play as many minutes as he should have. I think that he should have been—he should have been probably the second leading scorer, or at least the third guy in total points. Um, and he almost was, even in the the few minutes that he played. I I, I don't understand that. Uh, but then you look at everybody else, Victor Oladipo, it's important to know that this was his first playoff game. He played his first playoff mm-hmm. game. And that that matters. I mean look back I mean if if you look back at what uh James Harden was doing in his first playoff run with the Thunder, like you're not gonna be extremely impressed by it, right? You look right. back at what yeah. Hard we look at look back at what Harden did in the finals I mean, you could look at Harden and, and blame him for part of the reason that the Thunder were not uh, as good in the finals because he didn't right. show up at all. This is Vic's first yeah. time. Jeremy Grant, he's 22 years old. Steven Adams, he's 23. Doug McDermott, 25. Alex Abrines, 23. Like, those are the guys that they're counting on. These are young, inexperienced players, and to expect them to come in and be consistent and, and whatever else is probably a little bit silly.
0: Yeah. So there are positives to take away. I mean, Jeremy Grant, you can mention Sabonis, you can mention, um, and don't get me wrong. I mean, yeah, sure. There are things that, you know, Victor Oladipo did play terribly in this series. Um, does that fall? Does that five games, you know, sample size is, is that gonna, is that indicative of how the next four years are going to go? I don't think so. No. Um, but if you want to make the argument that, well, he wouldn't he wouldn't have got eighty four million on the free market this summer. I don't know. Maybe I still think a team like Brooklyn out there desperate enough would have plunked a huge offer on him. Yeah. Um Steven Adams, um, I know a lot of people were, were disappointed with him, but I thought defensively last night, um and throughout the series, I thought he showed a lot of things there that you're not gonna see on the box score. But, you know, again, if you wanna make the argument that he could have went to free agency and, and not commanded a hundred million dollars I disagree, but yeah you know, in, in other words there's I've seen just so much of people looking at this series and making long term decisions on that and let me just tell you that's that's what Isaiah Thomas did when he was running the New York Knicks mm-hmm. when Jerome James had <laughs> five good games in the playoffs and said, I've got to have this guy for thirty million, and he sucked mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah exactly uh, it's yeah yeah it, there's there's a larger body of work say eighty two games that is more indicative of, you know, what, what this team has going forward in the past five games. Oh
1: yeah. And, and I mean, and we've discussed this so many times, the thunder, first of all, the thunder aren't paying Vic and Steve their contracts right now. (laughs) Like those, those checks are not being cashed yet and they're not paying, they're not paying them for this playoff run. They didn't, they didn't sign those extensions and say, well, you guys better show up in this playoffs or else it's not going to be worth it for us to do this for. No. they are I mean, they're signing these deals because they know they can, de- one, that they can develop these players. And two, they're really signing them for, like, the last two years of their contract to be really worth that. And then they may even exceed that worth in the time because the cap's going to continue to rise. Contracts are going to continue to get even bigger. And by the time that these guys get toward the end of their second deals, a lot of times they look like steals. And that's, mm. that hasn't changed. It's, the, it's been the same in the NBA uh, for a long time. And it's really, really rare that a guy gets to the end of that second deal and you're like, man, that dude was overpaid. Especially guys right. that, that can be right. two-way guys. And Oladipo, sure, he did not play well in the playoffs. But his body of work over the regular season shows that he is a 3 and d player. And mm. may, maybe that's all he is, and that's probably – and that's okay. Um, if he can't be, you know, a ball handler creator, and then Adams, I mean, the the guy, he, he's easy to pick on because he's not getting the stats. He's, he's not, and he hasn't. He's had some trouble on the offensive end, um, but what he his impact on defense. I just don't – people just don't see it. And if you want to just look at Nene's stats and say, well, well, that tells you that really Stephen Adams is overrated. Well, then you, you, you don't understand what his job is because his job is not well, to only stop Nene. His job is yeah. help everybody because there's a lot of people that need help on this team.
0: And that, I mean, to me, that was more of an indictment on Billy Donovan to not patch that. Because I felt yeah. like that was the defensive schemes that kept leaving Nene and, and Capella wide open, exactly. uh, you know, to get those to get those dunks. So I mean, yeah, that was a lot more on Billy Donovan and his pick and roll coverage, you know, than it was on Adams and Bloody. Yeah, yeah, I,
1: I don't know. I, I feel like this is, I, I picked the Thunder to win in six, and I honestly don't feel awful about that because I thought that what happened would happen, but. Russ would do his magic at the end and it just didn't mm-hmm. happen because the Thunder were in position to win the series and those games were super close, but they weren't able to deliver like they did uh, over the course of the regular season. And that's why they are in the place that they are. And Royce Young predicted it almost exactly to a T in our playoff preview. Yeah. He said that they would lose yeah, in five. Did. And he said that he didn't believe that Russ's uh, fourth quarter magic was sustainable. And he was exactly right because it, it wasn't sustainable um, he did make some spectacular plays down the stretch. Even last night, um, there was a glimmer of hope from some crazy plays that Russ made. Uh, but it all comes down to the fact that the Thunder don't have people that can run an offense, whether they can facilitate or create their own shot. Like if they had Lou Williams instead of the Rockets, uh, the Thunder would be in great shape because that's a guy that can go in and create his own offense. Uh, But whenever you're asking Victor Oladipo to do something that he hasn't done all season, when you're asking a guy like Norris Cole, who's been in China most of the year to come in and run an offense, when you're asking Samaj Christian, who was like the 54th or whatever pick in the draft, Mm -hmm. who's been overseas, who's been in the D-League, who was thrust into this backup point guard job because campaign got traded, and also campaign wasn't any good, uh... I mean, that's that's the problem. And when you have nobody else who can facilitate the offense, when Ennis Cantor just refuses to pass the ball, um, it's a problem.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, in total, I mean, the the season ended about like I thought it was going to. I mean, I picked Rockets at six Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I I arrived at the conclusion that it was probably going to wind up being a gentleman's sweep. Um, and it was, and so, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't feel like turning over cars because of how it ended.
1: (laughs) And you shouldn't as a Thunder fan, like this season should be celebrated. It was a spectacular ride. You got to watch Russell Westbrook, uh, have the season of, I mean, a season that will be remembered in NBA history. Like this isn't just, I mean, this is not anything that just happens to a team after they lose their superstar. Uh to, to for us to do what he did and to be the guy who most people think will be the most valuable player, although we won't know that um for a couple months. Um it's it is a spectacular oh, we'll it's a spectacular season. And, and people kind of already know. There's already like already articles right. about it. But yeah. The, yeah. I just think oh, I-, I think the league fell flat on their face on this one. I think it's I think yeah. this is it's so dumb.
0: I cannot wait. Someone from the national media is going to get those results yeah, and they're going to get them out there and their little, the whatever show, whatever, you know, little song and dance they're going to perform is going to be all for naught. So yeah, I just, I can't wait. We, we basically know at least look, Russell Westbrook is going to win the MVP. Yeah. I feel extremely confident in saying that. And no, I have not been hacking into any NBA corporate (laughs) offices to find out, Um, you know, there's, there's enough um, like you know, crowdsourcing information out there to come to that yeah. conclusion. So, uh, but yeah, please, by all means, make us wait another stinking two months <laughs> and deprive Russ of the opportunity to hoist the trophy in front of the home crowd mm-hmm. here in Oklahoma City, or have a uh, you know have the MVP speech here. It's got to be in New York, and right. anyway, that's a whole other topic. Yeah,
1: and he'll probably have some kind of time limit too because it's going to be televised. Because the MVP <clears> speech <throat> has just been traditionally like, hey, man, here's your stage. You say whatever you want, um, yep. as long as you want. And I just don't see that being the case. So this was the season was a success. I think that you can't look at it any other way. This is year one. We're heading into year one of the actual rebuild, the summer where Sam Presti knows exactly what he's got. I, I think that, that Russ is going to sign the extension. I think that they're going to be able to move forward with him and try to shape a roster around him. So I think the summer is going to be very interesting, and we're going to try to answer some of those questions today, although uh, it will be really hard to do, to do that. Um, yeah. But uh, today's Hot Ham Player of the Week, we, it has to go to Russell Westbrook for his season-long uh, triple-doubles, the incredible leadership that he displayed. Uh, j- just the season of Russ is the Hot Ham Player of the season, and that – segment is sponsored by anchor down so if you go to anchor down uh the weather's going to start getting nicer I promise. we're in okc today it's 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 gloomy (laughs) the thunder season is over and it's gloomy um but you can go check out their patio this summer it's spectacular go have a beer out on their patio and just enjoy some time with family or friends Uh, you can get a corn dog you can get those pizza tots that we've talked about that are just delicious uh, make sure you grab an anthem beer they also have just a great beer selection too they also they do pint nights I think they're on Monday nights where you can go there and you order whatever beer it is and they will give you the glass to take home it's a cool little deal there they also have like running clubs that meet there uh, it, it's a great place you ha- if you haven't been down there it's really worth the trip it's such a cool little spot and uh, of course if you're in the mood for a salad they've got a good one Go check out Anchor Down uh, today or any day. It's great. So, John, go. let's do some – we're going to do like a, a little handbag. Yep. And our first question comes from at dpuzzle23. He asks, what does the cap situation look like if they sign Andre and Taj and then sign rest to his big extension? He needs your numbers, Ham. <laughs>
0: And so I've I've obviously been asked a lot about the Thunder's future. I mean, even after like game one, you know, people are already shifting into, (laughs) what can we do this summer? And here's what I'm going to caution everyone. I could could crunch a bunch of things for you right now, and it could be obsolete in literally hours. Uh, (laughs) There is a lot of time between now, you know, there's two months until the NBA draft. There's two months and a few days until July 1st. Um, So it It is so up in the air, um, and so that's why I hesitate to answer you know with any def- with any definitiveness about this stuff. Um, so it's it's really difficult to say what 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 I'll say in short, is what we've said on this podcast before. There's no realistic way for them to create cap room. Um It would take gutting the team to such an extreme to create cap room. They're just not going to do that. Uh, The most likely ways that this team is going to improve is a internal development, which Russell Westbrook talked a lot about today in his exit interview Mm -hmm. uh, to via trade. And uh, remember at one point people said, you can't even get a second round pick for campaign. Well, they got a second round pick. Oh, and Doug McDermott. Oh, and put together a package for Todd Gibson. So, you know um
1: they did it just, they did it though ham so that the the bulls could form the end of their bench
0: yeah <laughs> no yeah the bulls badly needed that <laughs> um and so uh, and then they will have they will have a salary cap exception uh that they could use to sign a, a free agent if they need to um if there's if there's a area of weakness we're talking about Something in you know the old mid-level exception that used to be worth four or five million dollars. I think it's going to be like eight or nine million. Mm-hmm. Um, but luxury tax concern will come into play there, and it's so hard to say. I mean, they could. There's there's a number of ways this team could go.
1: Yeah, it, it's it is hard to say, and I th- and I think that at this point, the fact that they didn't trade Andre Robertson is a signal that they want to keep him, and the mm-hmm. fact that he was the second most important player on the team in the playoffs. I think that they're going to keep him. I really do. I didn't think they would. Halfway through the season, I thought uh, they're going to have to move in a different direction. But um, after seeing this team and, and how much they need him, and I know he sucks at free throws. We all know it. And I know that he's not a consistently a good shooter, and I don't expect him to be. Uh, but he's he's important to this team. And I don't. if they let him go, this team gets a lot worse. <laughs> And I don't know that people understand that. Like, this team is not nearly as good. They're not in the top ten in defense, not even close to it without him. And I think that they're going to move forward. I think they're going to re-sign him. I don't know about Todd Gibson because it only t- it takes one team to offer him something that's uh, ridiculous that the Thunder aren't willing uh, to match. or the, It's not that like they have to match it, but it's not like the, the Thunder probably aren't going to go outrageous with him, especially when it comes to years. Um, but yeah, I think that they want to re-sign Andre, and I think that they obviously want to give Russ the max extension, and they're right. hopeful that he'll take it. Um, so with that, we'll, we'll go to another Twitter question from at Cole underscore Hickson. How would you rank the importance of development for our young players? And the players he lists are Abrinas, Oladipo, Sabonis, Grant, and
0: Adams rank the importance um i don't know they <laughs> it's so hard because i mean all of those guys i mean all those guys need to take steps forward next season and, and, and i think they'll be able to mm-hmm. um i think sabonis is probably low-key uh really important to this whole thing yeah
1: yeah i um, I, I think so i, I think number I I think number one for me is probably Victor Oladipo, if they're going to keep him. And he's a mm-hmm. – um, Fred and Royce talked about it this morning, or I guess they talked last night, but the podcast released this morning, that he's a guy that could be traded. I mean, he's he's not sure. he's not untouchable. I think that you look at guys that are untouchable. I think you look at Russ. I think that Steven Adams is largely untouchable, unless something crazy came about. Um, it would take a lot for them to get Steven Adams um, – but I think, I think that, you know, you could get Oladipo because I do think that they really like Alex Breenas. <laughs> and I think that he's a yeah, guy that do. could start in a pinch. I don't know that he's like a quote-unquote starting caliber NBA player, but I, I think that he could be. I think in a couple of years I think he could be. So uh, I think that Oladipo's development is really important. I'd like to see him be able to create more. I'd like to see him be able to get to the rim more uh, and also get to the free throw line. So I think that those are pretty important if this team is going to take its next step. And I think Adams' development is really important. I think the guy that I'm just like, I don't know that it really matters if he gets all that much better is Jeremy Grant. Because I think Jeremy Grant is kind of the – I think that he could get better. Obviously, he's 22. He's improving. Uh, He played really well for the Thunder in the postseason. He's very versatile. I like him as a player. But if this is all that they're getting, like he's still a really good backup forward. And yep. I, that's kind of what I expect him to be for the Thunder if they keep him around. Is that he's a backup forward for them that can play center that they shouldn't play at the three. Um, mm-hmm. I just think I think that his development is not all that important. But all those other guys, even Abrinas, if Abrinas is, I think his development's going to come in the form of strength. Uh, that's kind of the yeah. one of the things that's missing from his game is that he's just a he's not a very strong guy. So. <laughs> The other guys are important, like, setting,
0: though. I saw him setting picks in the yeah. last game, and I just felt bad for him because uh, he's, he's not a pick-setter. No. <laughs> not right no. now.
1: <laughs> and, you know, you can be a, a small-ish guy. Like, Stephen Curry is a really good screen-setter, and he sets a lot of screens, mm-hmm. and it's really helpful to the Warriors' offense. And I think that I, I like that he's at least trying. <laughs> yeah there's a lot there's a lot of guys on the thunder that just try um but i think if i were to like order it i would say oladipo adams sabona sabrinas and grant
0: and uh i'm gonna throw another piece into here and i'm gonna preface this by saying yes russell westbrook had an amazing season Mm -hmm. russell westbrook is going to hoist the mvp trophy yeah um he's do he he did something that we may not see again for another 50 years for all we know. Um but I you know this season became a lot about Russell Westbrook and everything else kind of secondary and and I can understand how that developed and maybe why it was enabled. But let's put it like this, if Russ comes back and has that high usage rate and is you know going for the triple doubles next season, this team's ceiling is it gets pretty low. Sure. So uh, and, and again, I, I just want to preface all this. I think it's, you know, it's so easy to just, you know, label someone a Westbrook hater or whatever. No, it's not that at all. I understand why this season kind of unfolded the way it did. But so much of the development of these guys we just mentioned is going to depend on Russell Westbrook. It's just going to. So many times throughout this series, we saw where the ball moved around. The Thunder had some success. At other times, Russ just pounded the air out of the ball. Yeah. And. You know, Russ has talked, you know, supposedly when he went and met with KD, you know, what do I need to change about my game? I think Russ on some level knows he needs to do this. The Thunder as an organization have wanted to move to a more, you know, motion offense for the past couple of years as part of the reason why Billy Donovan was brought in. That's just all to say that so much, uh, you know, of of this team is going to depend on Russell Westbrook making changes to his game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. And if you're the Thunder and you sit down and you think, okay, what are we going to do? <laughs> what is what mm-hmm. is this season going to look like? I'm talking about before the season. Mm-hmm. What's better for the franchise or for the overall health of the fan base to have Russell Westbrook just completely dominate and this become the season of Russ, something to celebrate. He gets the MVP, averages a triple-double, or for guys like Sabonis, Oladipo, and Adams to make – some progress, maybe a little bit more than he would. they would otherwise. Uh, and then the Thunder be like the seventh seed. Russ have just kind of a normal like 25, 10 assists, 8 rebound mm-hmm. season where it's just kind of a blah, the Thunder are knocked out in the first round, gone. Um, where everybody else is maybe a little bit better. I think that you'd rather have the Russell Westbrook triple-double show,
0: right? Yeah, I mean, look, there. there's a legitimate argument that If this season was all about player development, you know, Russ is, is going to average, I don't know, 25 points a game. And then I, I, but if it was, if there was a, if that focus was on player development, like it was back in 2008, Mm -hmm. I mean, this team probably misses the playoffs. I know that getting back to the playoffs was something important for this franchise. I mean, there, there is a definite. Um, long-term plan to want to stick the middle finger up at KD. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah. And, and, as it should be, um, you know, and and that's I, I don't think it's necessarily personal against KD. I think it's just mm-hmm. to kind of show that you know we're we're adverse and we can you know you're not gonna we're not gonna be knocked down and killed by that uh, by that loss. So yeah. anyway, I get it in a number of ways why the season unfolded the way it did. Some people are picking apart statements that have been made in media over the past years. Whatever you know, I, I just I tend to take that stuff as with a grain of salt because rarely ever does you know someone in a team capacity get up and be bluntly honest about what their strategy is or you know there's so much coyness going on in the NBA. I think as as Roy said in one uh, True Hoop podcast, everyone lies. So yeah, yeah. I understand why why it happened the way it did, but still. For this team to make the next step, no, regardless of what moves Oklahoma City makes or doesn't make, a lot of that's going to depend on Russ making some changes to his game.
1: Yeah, it will, and it, it's also going to take changes from the team in general too. Because when you have, I mean, who's the second best facilitator on the team? You know, like who's supposedly
0: so they, Oladipo, but not really.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, who who are they going to put? People always say, "Well, you got to take the ball out of Russ's hands. Put it in whose hands? Like who's yeah. like who's gonna who's gonna take control?" And I mean, the Thunder were an absolute mess. And you can say, "Well, that's Russell Westbrook's fault for not trusting people in the regular season," or you could say, "Well, the Thunder really don't have anybody else. <laughs> There's nobody out there that mm-hmm. can that can do that." Uh, and that brings us to our next question from at Euro underscore Thunder. He just basically asks what are some examples of some backup point guards that the Thunder could get uh, that would be helpful? Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have Uh, any
0: off the top of your head? Well, uh, man, it's so hard because we've talked about this before. I mean, look at the backup point guards that have been here in Oklahoma city. Uh, Reggie Jackson obviously had success, but other Mm -hmm. than that, just so many guys have come in and they've either had momentary, you know, they've had some moments or they've just been blah. Um, So it's so tough. I I would imagine you could find a solid veteran point guard out there to come in. They could find that through the draft as well. Um, And maybe, maybe that's the way they look. I I I don't know. Um, But I, I I'll tell you this. I'm not proud. I I don't like, you know, Trump, you know, took my own horn very often. In that daily Thunder five on five that we posted before the playoffs, mm-hmm. I talked about the backup point guard situation and how this team should not be going into the postseason with the point guards that it has. Yep. Turned out that was kind of a key point. So yeah, <laughs> that, that is. That. Yep, that has got to be a point of emphasis. But as as far as specifically who, I, you know, I don't know one guy that I do like. I just don't know. You know how it could be pulled off but i mean i think a guy like Corey joseph yeah uh, that's a guy I, I was looking at at the trade deadline as an option um well, he yeah. checks a lot of boxes and he was in the rumor the he was in the first surge of trade apparently that's so. right yeah that's right so uh you know that can certainly resurface uh depending on what toronto does this summer so um it's hard to say whether they go through the draft or you know through a trade or free agency to make that happen
1: mm-hmm I look at a guy like Darren Collison. I know he's had trouble with the law in the past, and they usually stay away from those kind of guys. But if you had a guy like that that could come in, I mean, he is more than capable of running an offense. He's more than capable of scoring. He can create his own shot. A guy like that would be so perfect. And then if you have shooting around him, uh, and even if – I mean, everybody's kind of stuck on the fact that the Thunder need to trade in his canter. But at that point, you could keep in his canter. Like, you, you signed Darren Collison to whatever that exception is, whether it's you mm-hmm. know, five million to $8 million or whatever it's going to be. I mean, the Thunder are significantly better um, with a guy like that. And he's a guy who's a free agent. Not a lot of people want to stick around Sacramento. So mm-hmm. I think that he will likely leave. I think that he's a guy that they – should target. Uh, Patty Mills will be too expensive. Um, yeah. Uh, Sean Livingston could be too expensive. And also, I worry about Sean Livingston. Uh, he <laughs> hasn't been fantastic for the Warriors this season, and he's not exactly uh, a guy that comes in and creates his own offense. He's more of a role playing point guard. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, Darren Collison is a guy I look, that I look to, and I've targeted him in a lot of trades for the Thunder. I don't know that they would bring him in. Um, but it would be kind of cool because he and Russ are teammates at UCLA. I think, it, I think he would be perfect. And then if they're going to go through the draft, um, there's a couple guys that I look at. Jawan Evans from Oklahoma State. Uh, I went to Oklahoma State. I'm a graduate of Oklahoma State, so I'm kind of a homer there. Uh, but I think that this dude can play. I think that he would mm-hmm. be incredible. Another guy that can shoot. He can create uh, for other players. He was, he was really good for OSU and he would be within the range. And then I also look at a guy, Donovan Mitchell, out of Louisville. Uh, he's more of a combo guard, but he's a guy that can come in and create his own shot and kind of has a similar mentality to that of a Russell Westbrook where he's just going to destroy you, and I think that he's super fun. So I, I look at both those guys and think that they will be in the range uh, for the Thunder at the draft. And, you know, the Bucks are proving this year that – you can bring in a rookie point guard and have him do stuff. Uh, so, I don't know. I think, I think Juwan would be ready to play next year. Um, he just kind of has the mentality, um, and he has had the experience. He's been in college for two years. So, uh, I, like, I like both those things, but I think that a guy like Darren Collison would be much obviously a lot better than those two. But that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. A guy that can come in and create his own shot. Uh, I think is incredibly important. And hey, hey, Dion, if you want to come back to us, (laughs) if you're listening, Dion, we want you back. (laughs) We will give you double what you made with the heat this year. That's right. (laughs) Oh, boy. I'm so sad. I love Dion. If you haven't read Dion's article in the Players' Tribune, um, I want you to turn this podcast off. Heck, delete this podcast and go read the article because it's incredible. It will it will change your life.
0: That's one of the open tabs that I have open right now. I've, I've caught some bits and pieces, highlights, but I haven't read the whole thing yet. Oh,
1: man, you got to, Ham. I almost want to yeah. tell you to get off the pod and go read it. <laughs> um, next question from Matt Allen underscore Miller 12. He said, give League Awards plus others – For the Thunder. So the MVP is Russell Westbrook, duh. Defensive Player of the Year, I've got Andre Robertson. Same. Rookie of the Year, I give it to Alex Sabrinas. Same. Most Improved, I guess, (laughs) this is kind of a tough one. I give it to Oladipo for his shooting because I just think to develop into a consistent three-point shooter is big, even though he didn't hit his shots in the postseason. But to do what he did over the regular season I think is kind of a big deal.
0: I'd probably give it to Adams. I, I wouldn't have a problem with Oladipo, but um, I'd probably give it to Adams. Yeah,
1: it's a tough one because both those guys—they still left you wanting more. So it's not—they—they right. weren't—they haven't—they didn't like quote unquote make the leap. Um, but they right. both were yeah. better. They both did have the best seasons of their career in ways. Um, so everybody wants to think wants to say those guys are trash, but um, it's really not the case. Uh, the mm-hmm. the best bench player was, despite what some people think, and despite what our our man Bill Simmons thinks, Ennis Cantor was he was the best bench player by far.
0: Over the course of the season, yes.
1: Yeah, in the playoffs, he was unplayable, and for good reason. Um, but over the course of the season, it was Cantor. In the playoffs, Jeremy Grant, right?
0: Uh, yeah, I think so. Even though his plus minus numbers were terrible i mean it's it's right yeah in the postseason it's so difficult to pick anyone there for a number of reasons but um and that's that's where i cautioned earlier about the small sample size i mean people are looking at an skater and saying no one's gonna want him no someone will, <laughs> someone will i mean yeah. that that type of player has utility around the league right yeah. i mean you've al jefferson's doing that in indiana um greg monroe's doing that in milwaukee um so, I mean, another team, probably even in the Eastern Conference, um, you know, would we, find some use out of a guy like that. He's just, unfortunately, in a playoff series against the Clippers or the Warriors, you just can't play him. Mm-hmm. And may, I, don't, I don't know if there's other teams that, you know, play to that extent like those two teams do. But there's other teams out there that are going to be like, we just need low post offense. And, mm-hmm. you know, that dude can give it to us.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And if the Thunder fell to the seventh seed and they're playing the Spurs, everybody would be singing the praises of Ennis Cantor right now. Wow, one of the best six men in the whole entire NBA. He is
0: killing David Lee right now. Um, yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Or Memphis or yeah. uh, Utah or the Utah, Clippers. I mean, yeah. I, I, I do feel dumb. So I, I mentioned patting myself on the back. I feel dumb about a couple of things. <laughs> uh, one... I actually thought that, like, meeting Houston in the playoffs would be a good thing for the Thunder. I, I looked at those close games in the regular season, and I wasn't totally off base because the series, aside from game one, was a close series.
1: Yeah, it was close, uh, yeah.
0: And then two, I said that the Thunder had a coaching advantage over the Rockets, and whoops.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, yeah, I don't have <laughs> anything to add. Uh, best I'm not, act. I'm, the, the, I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna hold anything long term on that. But yeah, that series left some to be desired. He, it, it did, and it's easy to
1: forget that this is his second year as an NBA coach. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's clamoring to fire Billy Donovan, uh, just please, please, just
0: give it a rest. <laughs> it's, it's, he, he's not going to get fired. It is not happening. There are two things not happening this summer. Sam Presti is not getting fired. Billy Donovan's not getting fired. Go scream into the wild open all you want, mm-hmm. um, or you know, form a radio talk show segment around that if you want to. But it's pointless. It's, it it's like asking what's what's going to happen when the moon collides with the Earth. It's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> not happening exactly. Uh, best acquisition, uh, I think. I think if we're talking on the whole season, I think the Bulls trade. Is the best acquisition, yeah. Um, yep. And best and worst moments of the season. Um, I think that the the Denver game, uh, the last Denver game on the road, was for sure the best moment. He clinched the triple double record. He uh, hit that wild shot to beat the buzzer and knocked the <laughs> the Nuggets out of the playoffs. I think that's the best. And then the worst moment was uh, a few nights before they played the Phoenix Suns in the uh, triple-double hunting game where Phoenix was not going to allow it to happen. And the Thunder wanted it to happen so bad, and it just turned into not basketball.
0: Yeah, that was bad. Uh, Also up there would be uh, Russell Westbrook in Oakland taking the ball out of bounds and walking five (laughs) or six steps without dribbling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a best and worst moment. (laughs) All wrapped into one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he took, like, five or six steps, and it was just – I mean, I don't – it's just – the game is so mental, and that's just one of those things where it's like, man, like, playing in such an atmosphere against this this guy, Kevin Durant, who just – I can't even talk about him. Right, um, yeah, I right. know. I mean, it's just, it's just so mental, and that just shows that. Uh, great question, Alan. Thank you. Uh, next question. We're going to have to kind of rapid fire through some of these. From At That True Talk, we can't do this one at at That True Talk. We will cover this question later. It's about going through the roster and who they should keep and shouldn't. We will do a whole podcast on that. Um, We will will uh, have some time.
0: Yeah, probably closer to the draft is when it's going to have more importance.
1: Yep. Um, Let's see. Uh, From at Z Wilkerson 78, do you think that Cantor is worth – a lottery pick do you just he, he's talking about because of what he did in the postseason but do you think he's worth a lottery pick
0: oh i mean maybe a low lottery pick i mean when people say lottery pick i think they usually think like top five or six no yeah, I, I don't no think no, no. you're getting that um could you potentially trade him and get in the back end of the lottery I, probably um i'd have to go refamiliarize myself with the draft order um I guess it comes down so much to, you know, we we don't know. There could be some team out there that is like, man, if Ennis Cantor goes on the market, I want that guy, mm-hmm. you know, just like just like the Bulls with campaign. I didn't yeah. know that was happening. So it is it, it's hard to say. But I, I do think, you know, his contract, he's going into essentially the last year of his deal. Uh, he's a guy that can get you high volume points and rebounds. And yes, he has defensive issues. I I think in the right situation, yeah, you could get a a late lottery pick or mid-first-round pick for him, but I think they're going to do something else.
1: Yeah. I look at Charlotte as a team because they formed an offense and a really good defense around a guy like Al Jefferson, and they don't necessarily use room protection as a part of their their scheme, and they need scoring really bad. So I look at a team like that who has, I don't know what pick they have, maybe 13th. 12th through 14th pick
0: yeah there's somewhere in the back end
1: there uh so maybe that's a team and and maybe they wouldn't even necessarily be going after their pick as much as they might say like hey uh we really like nick Batum, and we'll give you our right. our pick and um ennis canter for nick Batum." and then they have two two picks in the draft they've got Innis Cantor, who can come in and be their starting center, and I know they like Cody Zeller. I like Cody Zeller too, but I just wonder if uh, the fact that they need more scoring, if if that could be a team.
0: That's certainly a possibility. Yeah, they've got the eleventh pick. It looks like so. Okay. Um, yeah, that that's a target. I mean, Detroit. I mean, they could do something else with Andre Drummond, and yeah. make could have interest. Um, I I could I see a lot of scenarios out there. Indiana is another team. Mm-hmm. Um, Milwaukee, they might like Cantor as a as a Greg Monroe re- replacement. So mm. I think I think there's possibilities there.
1: Yeah, there there will be teams interested in his Cantor. He he's an elite rebounder and an elite scorer. Even though we didn't see it in the postseason, it still exists. Yeah. Um, yes. we'll do one more from our Chris underscore Henneke. Would you rather Golden State win and hope they de- hope they decide it's boring and split up, or just hope they lose <laughs> because they are the worst?
0: um uh, i don't know if i could pick one or the other but i mean i just i just have to wonder if you're kevin durant and you're the best player on that team and you're on the bench and the team doesn't need you i I mean i I don't know if if you are a competitive pro athlete um how does that set well with you
1: it, it shouldn't I mean, if even like, just think about you at your job, you're listening to this podcast and you have a job and let's say you're sick for two months and they come back and they're like, you know what? We actually did a little bit better without you. It was crazy. <laughs> right. Like, man, we really, everything just started grooving or sort of feeling a little bit better. Things weren't that difficult toward the end of the day. Like it was, things were really good when you, yeah. when you were gone. Yeah. We're glad you're back, I guess.
0: Right. <laughs> Yeah,
1: I mean I it doesn't. Uh, it probably doesn't feel very good.
0: It it shouldn't, and and that's that's what I keep coming back to is that if you are a competitive pro athlete, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are questioning how competitive he actually is. Sure. Um, I just don't know how that sets well. That you can just sit on the bench and watch this team just annihilate others, and you're just you're you're just a luxury. Yeah, you're the luxury piece, and you you are the best player on the team. I love that meme where he's got
1: his hand on his face and he's just like staring off into the deep. And it says, uh, like, when you realize that Golden State didn't need you, they just needed you not to be on Oklahoma City.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, Golden State probably would have done backflips if he would have just gone to Boston. Sure. You know, yeah, Um, as long as long as he was not part of OKC and he didn't go to San Antonio, I think that would have been ecstatic. Uh, Yes, without
1: a doubt. And you know what? One last thing. Kevin Durant, I'm mad that you left for a lot of reasons, but the a reason that is moving up into the top three, maybe my number one, is that you took Dion from us. You stripped Dion from the Oklahoma City Thunder fan base, and I will never forgive you for that. Never, ever.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of feel like, in the words of the great Ariana Grande, uh, got one less problem without you. <laughs>
1: maybe so but I'm still mad I want Dion so bad <laughs> Go after you read that article you're going to feel the same way you're going to feel yeah. the exact same way uh, John thanks for coming on the podcast today we can follow you on Twitter at John M. Ham we'll listen to you on the franchise uh, you'll still be doing franchise stuff this summer so everybody still uh, listen for John even though he's not doing post game stuff um, but we, we at Down to Dunk we are not going anywhere uh, we appreciate you guys listening all season it's been a really good season for us A really good season for Daily Thunder. Lots of really, really good stuff coming for Daily Thunder uh, sometime this summer. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, listen to us on Dash Radio um, through Almighty Baller Radio. Lots of really cool stuff happening. We are not going away at all. Lots of stuff to talk about. Lots of hypotheticals. Lots of trade machine stuff. We're going to open up the trade machine again uh, probably for this Friday. And we'll have some fun. So have a great Wednesday and uh, get ready for a fun offseason.